Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Very well, welcome then to the very first edition of the Lounge Online Darts, this brand new podcast. And thank you very much for choosing us to be your guide for the Betfred World Match Play. I'm sure you're listening to loads of other stuff that's going on at the moment, but we are very, very appreciative of you joining us for this first episode. And the three of us are Jada Thetan, Phil Bars, and Jack Gobby Garwood alongside you to talk some darts. Phil, first of all, thank you so much for allowing myself and Gob to move over to your project, the thing that you started off to your little baby. We're really appreciative and uh, like what a start with the summer series that we've had last week, mate. Unbelievable, mate. I say it's, it's a joy to have my own project and have to you guys along with it is is amazing. And yeah, it's a good time. It was a good time to launch. Obviously, you guys have known it's been bubbling away for a while, and it was like right, okay, we'll we'll launch here. COVID has other ideas, and it was like right, okay. But the Matt Porter interview came up, as everyone knows. It was like right, it's got to go now. I can't hold this. And yeah, and since then it's it's been great, and the world match play is upon us. Yes, it's not Blackpool, but it's still the world match play. Absolutely, absolutely, Gob. It's nice to be chatting with you like over darts on a regular basis once again. It feels like it feels like old times. I know it's mad, and it's really good to be back. Um, getting our teeth stuck into it. Summer series was a great way to ease ourselves back into it. I think, and now we're ready with one of the big boys. It is the biggest tournament of the summer, second biggest tournament of its kind in the sport, the Betfred World Match Play. Over the next hour or so, if you like, you'll be hearing all of our thoughts on the World Match Play. And make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search Online Darts on any one of those platforms and we'll see you over there. Enjoy the show. Yes, this is uh, Online Darts. This is the live lounge. Jada Thetan, Phil Bars, Jack Gobby Garwood alongside you. And I tell you what, Phil, it is the time for the sport. The Betfred World Match Play is about to get underway. Not in Blackpool like we normally would be, by the seaside, probably getting rained on as well most of the time. But boy, what a time this is going to be for the sport. 
I can't wait. It's my favourite tournament of the year. Yes, it's not Blackpool. However, it's still the world match play. It's still the top 16 in the order of merit against the best 16 players currently on the Pro Tour order of merit. There's no hiding place. Interesting things are going to happen, I think, because of the environment it's in and everything like that. I don't think it's just standard match play. But one thing is for certain, there's going to be nine days of drama-filled action on that hockey. And God, what is it about the Betfred World match play that is just so special? Because we've always talked about it being at the Winter Gardens. That's the most special venue in the sport. It's the hottest room probably on planet Earth, it feels like. What, what is it about this tournament that just breeds drama, excitement, that the fans love it? I think part of it is the arena and the Empress forums at the Winter Gardens. The, the fans are always really knowledgeable. Uh, they're quite up to the stage on you. It, it's not the deepest stage. There's not that much room. Um, and obviously it is really warm. It's, it's the warmest arena that the players really play in. But other than that, the sheer monster and size of the matches, it's not races to six. You, you can't get away with it with a couple of good legs. You have to perform consistently for at least half an hour, if not longer, every single night, just to start off with, with somebody coming straight back at you. And, and that's what sets it apart from the rest of the leg play match events we see throughout the year. It is a daddy of all leg play events, there's no doubt about that. And like you say, you mentioned the crowd there. There is, for people who will think that obviously the World Championships is, the, is a different crowd completely, um, but that crowd in Blackpool, there's just something different about it, isn't there, mate? There is just something slightly different about going to, to, to Blackpool rather than going anywhere else, I think. Yeah, I think so. And a lot of people tend to go up there for more than one day. A lot of people visit Ali Pali for a one-off. You, you get a lot of people that go to Blackpool for a week-long pass. They're there to soak up the atmosphere, in, enjoy proper darts in a great arena. Um, and it's almost a bit of a holiday to some. They don't need to go OTT as some fans do at, at other events. So that definitely contributes. Yeah, and Phil, like you say, you, you've been up there many, many times now. I mean, I remember making my debut pilgrimage to Blackpool three years ago. It is like a sort of holy land, isn't it, for darts fans? I always say, the World Championships is great, going to Ali Pali and, you know, going to a Premier League event is fantastic, but I don't think that you really, truly get the, the full experience of the match play unless you're in that sweltering ballroom. No, it's, for me, it's driving up there, you're on the M6, you've got that slog between Birmingham and Manchester, you hit Manchester, Warrington, St Helens, past that, past the mushroom, <laughs> you yes, off. you come off and then you just know that you're half an hour away and then you come into Blackpool no matter where you're staying you can see the tower and it's like I'm here and everyone says to me what makes it different and I say to everyone until you go to Blackpool and you go to the Winter Gardens you will never know what it is but once you've been you will want to go back every year Absolutely. It is just a special place and like we said this is why it is such a shame that it's not being in Blackpool this year but obviously but for reasons that are totally beyond the PDC's control, they fought tooth and nail to get some fans in that venue in Blackpool. So fair credit, fair play to the PDC for trying, but obviously it is going to be held in the Marshall Arena in Milson Keynes, 18th to the 26th of July. Of course, you can watch it if you're in the UK on Sky Sports. If you're across the world, make sure you check out the PDC's website uh, or check out our website as well because you'll be able to live stream some of the events as well, onlinedarts.com. And make sure, of course, that you're following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all the best coverage. We will talk to you more a little bit about that. But if you haven't already liked, subscribed or followed us or anything else on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram or Facebook, whatever social media platform you like, Make sure you follow us there. Online darts, just search on any of them. 
and you will be able to find us. Right, uh, so, to the, so the draw was made Sunday after the Order of Merit qualifiers were made from that amazing PDC Summer Series. It almost culminated in Devin Peterson managing to win and get through to uh, his debut match play. I know we've talked about it, obviously, on the live lounge. If you haven't watched it, by the way, go back and watch it on YouTube and Facebook, our first live lounge uh, of the week. But, Phil, that game between Gerwin Price and Devin Peterson, Gob coming off the back of this as well, mate. But that Gob, that, that, that game between Gerwin Price and Devin Peterson, I'm already putting it up there as one of my games of the year. 100%. And it's also testament to Gerwin Price, because we were talking about how good Devin was, and he was exceptional. But flip the coin... Gerwin Price has just withstand an absolute barrage of 113, 116 for most of it. And he smiled and kept on going. So that says to me also that Gerwin Price's game is in a hell of a place right now as well. Because most people would have folded under that leg-on-leg pressure that Peterson put him under for those 10 legs. But that deciding leg, nah, not Gezi. Cool, calm, collected. That speaks volumes for me. Yeah, I agree. Like I was, I watched the entire game, but there was only really two opportunities where you looked at Devon and gone, you've missed your chance to break. All right, he had that chance in the final leg, and he had a shot at ninety where he didn't quite make anything of it. And Gezi was calm and he pulled it away. And that match astounded me because I was all set, and I'd watched it back again to say that Martine Clearmacher and Luke Humphreys was was my favourite game of the week and is definitely going to be up there for the year. And that came out of absolutely nowhere and completely blew it out of the water on the last day. And, and now we started talking about the rise of Devon Peterson over the last few years. And it's a shame he won't be on that stage this year. He deserves his to be. performance is, is, is getting there, yeah. He absolutely deserves to be. From, from, from the year that he's having, absolutely. And I think there's three games for that summer series that I will really love a lot. That was that game. Those two games that you've already mentioned, the clear Macco against Humphreys game was mint. And that Chris Doby, Michael Van Gogh in quarterfinal uh, on Friday was absolutely superb. Yeah. But... Chris Doby will not be at the match plate, unfortunately, but 32 players will be. Let's go through uh, the, who will be there and who has qualified. So these are the order merit qualifiers sent from the seats. Michael Van Gerwen, of course, is number one. The world champion, Peter Wright, is number two. Gerwin Price is three. Rob Cross is four. Michael Smith, five. Nathan Aspinall, six. Daryl Gurney is seven. Gary Anderson, the man who, of course, is defending world match play, winning money this time round. He is number eight. James Wade is nine, Dave Chisnell is 10, Ian White is number 11, and semi-final, sorry, for the finalist from 2018, Ben is 12. Christopher Tyski is at 13, A.G. Lewis is at 14, Glenn Durrant, of course, who had a magical run last year to the semi-finals, he's at 15, and Simon Whitlock will round out the top 16. Pro Tour Order Merit qualifiers look like this. Joe Cullen, Brendan Dolan. Jose de Salsa is making his debut. Go on, Jose. I love you. You are mad, but I love you. Danny Knopper, Jermaine Watamina, Gabriel Clements, the big German. He's also on a debut run there. Uh, Johnny Clayton, Jamie Hughes, and Jeffrey Desvan. Debuts for Dimi van den Berg and PDC Summer Series uh, winner Ryan Joyce. Justin Pipe is there. Vincent van der Voort is there. Keegan Brown is also back, as is uh, Steve Beaton for his 20th straight world match play. That is mental. And Ricky Evans rounds out the top 16 order of merit qualifiers. He was made to sweat by Devin Peterson, but in the end, he manages to get through. So, God, we'll come to you first on this one, mate. Out of those pro tour order of merit qualifiers, I want from you the person that you'd most like to face right now and the person you'd least like to face right now. Tough, very tough. Um, 
I mean, first of all, you just have to look at the names that aren't there as well to understand just how well these these 16 guys are playing at the minute. Kim Hybrex is not there. Mervyn King's missed out for the first time. Devin Peterson's not there. Chris Dobie's one of the most informed men. There's no John Henderson. There's no Kyle Anderson. There's no Yella Klassen. That's a hell of a list of players that aren't in the second biggest event of the year. So all of these boys fully deserve to be there as a 16. Um, personally... The one I definitely don't want to play is Jose D'Souza. He's in absolutely mint form. Um, he had the most ton-plus averages over the summer series. He, he threw 11 over the five events. Um, he just doesn't have any fear. And I think the fact it's not on a big stage might help him. Uh, the player I most want to play at the minute, despite his pace, and just because he, there's a possibility he's still injured, is Justin Pike. If that's the first round mm. for me, I'm thinking I'm putting that arm injury up, up as, as much pressure as possible early on and see what happens. Phil, are we uh, agreeing with our friend Gob over here? Uh, to a degree, but I'm going to go slightly left field. For me, Johnny Clayton is yeah. a huge danger. I think he had a terrific summer series and posted some big averages. And the fact he's been to Blackpool before, or sorry, been to the match play before, I think is a little bit of a bonus for him. I think that's a real danger for Michael Smith in round one. And the one that, if I'm a seed, if I could handpick, sorry, Ricky, is Ricky Evans. Just because for me, he's too quick. Yeah. It's all right being up there and just launching them. Just just take a step back. You don't need to throw as quick as, as what he does. So, and on TV, we have never really seen the best of Ricky Evans, whether that's nerves, just pure excitement, adrenaline, whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I think Daryl Gurney would have been happy with his draw, if I'm being honest. Indeed. Uh, to be fair, I, I'm pretty similar to, to, the, to the pair of you. Jose de Sousa is obviously my pick for the one you don't want to uh, play because, in my opinion, I'm totally agreeing with God there. He is just on it at the moment in time. And the man can't count, as we all know, but he can play darts. There's no doubt in that. Uh, so uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Jose de Sousa. That could be one hell of a game, but we will get to games of the round in just a little bit. A player that I do want to play at this moment in time, I think, is probably Keegan Brown. I'll be honest with you. Keegan, we didn't really see much from him, obviously. We see a lot of him in the home tour because his Wi-Fi decided it wanted to be uh, fantastic, as we all know. But again, I don't think we've ever seen the best of Keegan on TV. He didn't really have a great match play last year. He didn't really do bits of the Players' Championships. The world, he wasn't really that great. I don't think we've really seen a great run from Keegan Brown on telly. So, for me, I think he's definitely one that we definitely want to watch and see in terms of who we want to play. But I'm with you to a big sense as well, Gob. If Justin Pipe is injured, absolutely, without wishing to be crude, abuse that injury because that's what you have to do at the top level. That's what you, that's what you have to do. Um, Phil, we'll come to you this time first, mate. In terms of the order of merit qualifiers, Obviously, which seed do you not want to play? We all can guess which one we definitely don't want to play. But if you want to be different other than Michael Van Gerwen, um, who who would you want to play? And also, who would you want to play if you were a Pro Tour Order of Merit qualifier? Who would be the one seed that you would really want to play right now? Right, in terms of the one that I wouldn't want to play, I'm going to count out the top three because you don't want them. Absolutely, that's fine. Um, for me, they are the three of them are a class above the field at the mm -hmm. moment. So... We'll take the cop-outs and I'm not going to pick any of the top three for obvious reasons. For me, after what I saw at the Summer Series, it's James Wade. Because that I'm going to put my hands up. I didn't see that performance coming. He was open and honest. He hardly picked him up over lockdown. 
he didn't have a great start to the year. He certainly didn't end the year well on the TV tournaments. But I don't know, he just seemed quite cool, calm, relaxed. And his match play record is tremendous. Yeah, it is so, absolutely first class. So for me, James Wade would be a bigger void. And if I'm a non-seed, I want Adrian Lewis all day long. We said the summer series would find people out. And I think personally it found Adrian out. We had what was it, a 79 average, an 84. He pulled out of the last day. The signs don't look particularly good if you're an Adrian Lewis fan. And how many times can we keep saying, yeah, but he's a double world champion? For me, he's one of the PDC's big underachievers. And that sounds stupid considering he's a double world champion. But when was the last time we saw that form, that kick, that desire from Adrian Lewis? It's been a long, long time. And I think the next 12 months will either make or break Adrian Lewis's career. Right now, I don't see him getting back into the top six or seven players in the world. The ability's there. Is the desire there, is my question. But, but I, 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 I don't know, because at the same time, but last year he was starting to show signs that he was getting back to somewhere near his best. I'm not suggesting that he was ever going to get back to the best of being a, a double world champion. But my, my point that I'm making is is that I don't know, there's something again about Adrian Lewis at the moment that I'm not particularly sold on. But at the same time, though, from where he was a couple of years ago, still coming back from an injury, do we give him a little bit of a pass at this point? I don't know. Not for me. Not for you. Not for for you, Clive. He's had all the passes he can have for me. And and now it's the point where it's stand stand and deliver or you're going to just dwindle off and become something that sits around 32 in the world when we all know he's a far better player than that. However, the action for me is a concern because the throw used to be Rolls-Royce, it was silk, where now it's jerky, stuttery, it's slow, fast, from one minute to the other. There's no, there's no cohesion there at all. And Wayne Mardle summed it up, well, go and get some coaching. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, to be fair, look at Devin Peterson, to be fair. Devin Peterson has, yeah. has a dramatic change. I'm not suggesting going and play, just just go and ch- uh, play with Wayne Mardle. I mean, Wayne's a great analyst of the game, as we all know. Like, let's not take the mick here. But like he said himself, Devin has changed his action completely throughout the entire time that he's been w- working with Wayne. And now look what it's done. Exactly. Just some, something needs to give with Adrian and it's either going to go one way or the other. Gob, are we uh, are we in agreement here with uh, Mr. Bars? Are, are we going to go with uh, again top three aside? Is yeah. there anybody out there that you want to play yourself? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm very pleased that Phil's picked Wadey. I think his, his match play record speaks for itself. Um, I, I, I think you want to avoid the majority of the top sixteen, don't you? I mean, they're they're the top sixteen in the world for a reason. There's a couple you could pick. Lewis, I agree with. Uh, Simon Whitlock's the other one I think they're the only two you can really say as a non-seeded player I fancy a crack at everybody else is, is pretty solid pretty steady but at the minute he's another one who was around for a long time in that 08 to 012 period maybe height of the game he's just clinging on a little bit at the minute he seems to do just enough to keep himself in that top 16 but 
I'm if I'm outside that top 16, I'm not afraid of Simon Whitlock's top level game anymore. I, I just don't think we see it often enough. I don't think he's able to produce it often enough. He used to get himself out of a lot of trouble with his big finishes and he doesn't seem to repeat that as much or other players are just as capable of it. Um, and yeah, like he is capable and he, he might do some damage in the first round or two, but later on, even then, he's one that you want to crack at pretty much. If he's in your run, you're like, yeah, I'm happy with that. Well, we'll come on to the draw bracket in just a little bit. In terms of the player that I wouldn't want to play at this moment in time, it's it's interesting, but I I I wouldn't want to play Christopher Tyski because he is dangerous and dangerous and so dangerous if it's a, if it's not on the big cameras. Now, obviously, with no crowd there this time round, like it's a Euro Tour and a Pro Tour, we know what the Polish Eagle is capable of. But my question there, and probably to to, to Gob as well, because Gob, you've you've absolutely adored Tyski for, for years, is. How many times can we say he's got the potential to do X without him doing X? He's got the potential to win a, a major title. I know, obviously, he's a world master for the VDO, but there's a bit of a difference between being the world master and being a match by champion. I know, but, I mean, cut the bloke some stick. He, he's still on the rise. We, we've just spoken about Adrian Lewis. We've been saying I want the it same now, about, man. I want yeah, it now. We've been, we've been saying that about Michael Smith since he burst onto the scene. How many years ago yeah, was that? Yeah, that's a fair point. Saying the same about... Phil, uh, about Phil Taylor, not Phil Taylor. He's, he's, he's done all right, isn't he? That A.D. Lewis. Like, <laughs> we're saying the same about Rob Cross. Is, can, he, can he keep producing it? Like, you've got to give these players a stick, some slack, not some stick. You've got to give them some slack. I think I'll there's, there's that, many, Don't worry about there's that, that well. many top level pros about as well. Like, there's only so many events for people to go on and win. I think Ritaiski will get there. He's learning his trade properly. And he is mm. one that I genuinely think will get over the line because. His, his mental game is so much stronger than a lot of other players, I think. Well, the one I, well, the one I definitely do want to play, and this is possibly, even after a, a, a decent enough summer series, I'm still not sold on Mensal Sudovic. In terms of where he's, where he's come from, like, don't, don't get me wrong, like, you know, obviously, way the world match play final, brilliant, okay, fair enough, right, we get it. And I know it's a Champions League of Darts winner, yeah, fine, lovely. Brilliant. Okay, we, we point this point this trophy. Anyway, we're talking about this, right? When well, I say the trophy this. that you play the top eight players in the world, and that's it. It it's just a gimmick. Let's just move on. Move it. Move it with the Masters, and I might be interested in it. Uh, my point that I'm making about the match play is that he's he's made semi-finals the last couple of years, and obviously he made the World Series final last year. Okay, again, whatever. But my point is, is that I haven't seen enough from him over the last couple of years since that amazing 2018 when he made semi-finals when he made finals I haven't really seen enough from him for me to suggest that he's that doing that great anymore he's got final money to defend I certainly don't think he's making the final if I'm a I mean Phil if I'm a a pro tour qualifier here I'm pretty happy if I get Mensor Sulevich I'm not pay for destroying me however I think Jamie Hughes is a perfect first round game for Mensor Sulevich yeah that's a fair point they're both quite methodical. They're not Jamie Hughes. There's no tactics from, from him. And do, do we see the best of Jamie Hughes? He's obviously a fantastic player, but he finds a way to lose good games. Yeah, he did that on the Euro Tour for so long, didn't he, where he was firing in top, top averages and then finding ways to lose the games. Exactly. UK Open as well this year, anybody? You yeah. know, when he, when he, in that quarterfinal against Clayton, when he missed six match starts? Exactly. Notoriously, no one's doubting that Jamie Hughes has got the game. Mm. However, he finds a way to lose games that he should win. Definitely. And 
and I, I, I think the draws done mental pseudo is a favour here. Well, let's talk about that draw, gentlemen. Let's talk about the games on those nights. And so obviously, the, the differences this year, of course, is because we haven't got a double session, uh, unfortunately, which is a shame because I do like the double session. It's kind of unique, I think. Uh, it's a lovely, lovely thing, uh, double session. But unfortunately, we don't have it this year. Uh, the first four days will start off at uh, six o'clock UK time. Wednesday, July 22nd, will start off at 7 o'clock, as will the quarterfinal days on the Thursday, the Friday. The semi-finals start at 8 o'clock on the Saturday, and then the final gets underway at half past eight. Very, very late start for the final there. Uh, I'll be honest with you, but maybe because it's something to do with the Premier League final day. Who knows? Uh, right, uh, let's go on and talk about that schedule of play. This is how we start off on that Saturday night. Simon Whitlock against Ryan Joyce gets us underway. Christopher Tice against Jermaine Watamena. That's a good game. Really like the look of that. James Wade against Keegan Brown, Michael Van Gerwen against Brendan Dolan, and then Gary Anderson against Justin Pipe. Sunday evening sees us take in Mensal Sulevich against Jamie Hughes. Glenn Durrant takes on Jeffrey Desvan. Rob Cross, the defending champion, plays Gabriel Clements. Peter Wright takes on Jose de Sousa. And Michael Smith will take on Johnny Clayton. Interesting, again, the defending champion is on the opening night. Uh, then we've got Monday. We've got Dave Chisnell against Vincent van der Voor, Ian White against Joe Cullen. Daryl Gurney against Ricky Evans. Gerwin Price against Danny Noffert. A.D. Lewis against Steve Beaton, rounding off the evening. And the final first-round match takes place on the Tuesday night when we have Nathan Aspinall against Dimitri van der Berg. And then we go into the second round of games. So, gents, I want a tie of the round from the pair of you, please, at this point. And we will start off with Mr. Bars on this one, I think. Mr. Bars, what is your tie of that first round? My tie of the first round is Peter Wright against Jose D'Souza. I think it's a it's the absolute standout one for me. Um, the other one that I was torn between was Durant and Dejuan, both in the same quarter of the draw. Funny enough, but I think the way the Sosa played at the Summer Series edges that one for me. And, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I think the world champ is, is in danger. I'm not saying he loses, but he's in danger. I remember being on the, on the live lounge with you on Sunday and I was there going like, I want to say Peter Wright's in danger, but I just can't bring myself to say it because he's the world champion. I but, did. Yes, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. Gob, is there anybody else uh, that you uh, think is there any other tie of the round that you're looking at there, mate? Uh, I think there's, there's one more that you could throw into the hat with the two that Phil's picked, and it's the one that's actually in between it in the schedule. It's, it's Rob Cross, Gabriel Clemens. If they both turn up, they could just go hammer and tongue. They both got an exceptional top level game. It's just how does Gabriel respond to those those final moments and, and which Rob Cross turns up. But those three games in a row is really where the schedule's rewarded us. The rest is a bit hit and miss at times, I think. I mean, Michael Smith against Johnny Clayton, I quite like the look off. That's a rematch, of course, of that Premier League game in Cardiff, um, where Michael Smith blew him out of the water and Johnny Clayton had no answer to it. Bless him. Um, but I'm actually quite I'm actually quite interested in Christopher Tyski against Jermaine Watamina here. That could be one hell of a game with the two of them. Not necessarily in terms of the pace, because Christoph is very is a lot a lot slower than Jermaine. But in my opinion here, boys, in coming why the one of you at this point, Jermaine Watamina for me. He's got the talent, but he's at one stage he has to win a heartbreaker because there are too many games. We looked at that Humphreys game, uh, obviously the World Championship, which for me I will still maintain is the game of the tournament. That game between Humphreys and, and what I mean. If you've not watched it, go and have a chance to look at it. 
And also as well, I want to talk about that game between, you know, that game between uh, Dirk van Dijvenboda and him at the UK Open. Bob, you were watching that one upstairs in the multi-board room. Another heartbreaker. Is there a time and a place where Jermaine has to get a heartbreaker victory for him? And would it be here against Christoph? Um, I don't know. Jermaine's one that... I, I just don't know how you place him. He's obviously got the ability... Um, he can score at an exceptional rate. Um, he can he can take out big shots from absolutely nowhere. But his misses seem a lot bigger than everybody else. If he, if he misses a segment, it seems to miss by a far greater distance than than a lot of the other pros. And I think sometimes that can get in his head because his adjustment is so much bigger to then make um, when he when he's chasing around the board. And I just think it makes it difficult to play. Phil, are we seeing a uh, upset here for uh, Jermaine, potentially? Potentially, but again, it, like Gob said, it depends on what Jermaine turns up because there's just so many inconsistencies there. It's just so hard to judge where you put him. Occasionally, he's absolutely brilliant and then he's just ordinary. So we, we know how Ratajski will play. He will average somewhere between 95, 96... 100 and 102, I think. So it depends on Jermaine. I, I think it runs close, but I think Ratajski just gets his man, I think, just. So what I think we'll do here at this point, boys, I think, is, is rather than go through every single game, because I think the listeners will be here for four hours while we go through every single game, and I think that everybody does have lives at this point, um, is I'm going to ask you how many seeds and who are the seeds do you reckon will be going out after round one, I think it's probably the best way of putting it. So rather than say explain why everybody's going to win and who's going to win and all that sort of stuff, I think the best way of doing this is to say which seeds you think are going home after the first round of action. God, we'll come to you first here at this point, mate. If uh, I'll throw you under the bus, as I used to do, obviously, <laughs> on our old show. How many seeds and whom are you expecting to be uh, free of the bubble early on? On the fur on that week in uh, Milton Keynes, I was gonna say Blackpool then, but obviously, you, Phil, we're gonna have to all three of us, by the way, are gonna have to not say Blackpool at this point. It's gonna be difficult throughout the week, <laughs> regardless of it being in Milton Keynes. We're still going to Blackpool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best way of putting it. Um, God, who, who are we, uh, who are we seeing at this point? In who do, who do we think is going to be going home early? I think this is a tough one to call because we've seen it at the UK Open where big names fall because of the environment you put in them in when we had the year where it was snowed in. So immediately, without the crowd and without the big stage, the order of merit players are immediately in with that slightly better shot, you almost feel. But I don't think the draw has set that many up for it. There's definitely ties you could swap around where you go, well, actually, that player's now in danger. Uh, so the, the two that I think are at serious risk, I think at most we will lose five seeds. And that would mm-hmm. be un, that'd be pretty rare, I think. We, they seem to see together that happens at the match play quite a lot in, over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I think we'll lose... Been seen, it's been seen again. It's been seen again, to be fair. That 2018 yeah. match play, I will still maintain, is the best tournament that I've seen in a long, long time. That 2018 match play. And that was, was, the drama was there because we had so many seeds fall early. Yeah, but I think the, the two that we mentioned that we wanted to play, so um, Adrian Lewis and Simon Whitlock, I think they're both at big risk. Um, I think Ian White 
versus Joe Cullen. Joe will want revenge for last year. Yeah. He will want massive revenge for last year. That That's a coin toss. I think there's a couple of, of tight games we've looked elsewhere. Cross Clemens, Peter Wright, Jose de Souza, whilst they're not absolute bankers because of the quality of the seeded player, they're the tough opponents that anything could happen. Um, and yeah, you just expect one or two to come from the field and put in a good performance. So I think five seeds to fall is, is a good number in the first round. So who so who are we looking at then? Who are the ones that you definitely think you you wouldn't necessarily put your house on, but you would say are are basically in big danger unless they turn up? And then who are the ones that you're looking at going, yeah, okay. Lewis and Whitlock, they're in right. they're in big trouble. And I think not they've been kind with the draw. But it could have been a lot worse for them as well. I think there are, all right, George won a, a summer series, but I think there are more inform and higher top level game players that they could have been drawn against. I think Dave Chisnell, if Van der Voort stays with him all the way and, and matches his scoring, uh, we, we've seen Chizzy's actions struggle under pressure. That, that wouldn't be a shock to me. Um, and then Wright, Cross, and maybe even does he, you know, just because they're the three, the big ties of the game round where you're looking at it going, actually, these players are a pretty level on ability. And maybe Michael Smith, one of those four. I think you've got two definites, one borderline in Chisnell, and then four that are possibly coin tosses if the non-seeded turns up. That Sunday night could be one hell of a session. That could be one of the most special sessions in match play history if they all turn up. Uh, Phil, are you going with uh, Gob here? Is there anybody else that we should be looking at that you think are, is in a bit of danger here? No, pretty much. I think I think Lewis goes. I, I disagree we... here with pair of you. I do. Um, Steve I... Beaton was not great at the, at the Summer Series. He was not great. But nor was Lewis with his 79 averages. And... Yeah, I mean, I can see why they put it up last on a Monday night. Let's put it that way. Um, Although Whitlock is in danger, I think Whitlock wins because I'm just not sold on Joyce's consistency. When he's good, yes, he is good, but we saw it at the Worlds. We didn't see it again until the Summer Series. So, although he's in danger, I think Whitlock does get through. The one that you touched on there, I think Chisnell's in a bit of strife yeah. because, for mm. me, that action didn't look great at the Summer Series. It looked jerky, it looked snatchy. And although he got to a final it broke down massively because you should not be losing a final from 7-3. No. And without being horrible, Joyce didn't do anything spectacular to get back in it. He was steady and it was was good for a top pro that we'd expect, but he didn't go 12-12, 11-12 or anything like that to get back into it. And Chisel's action just fell off a cliff. But if Chisel's A game turns up, Chisnell wins. He beats Van der Voort. However, mm. I'm not convinced we see Chisnell's A game. So, it just looks—he's just so out of sorts at the minute. I think that's another player that would benefit from coaching. I don't get why the top pros of this sport are so reluctant to go and do that. Because I was watching him throw 180s, where all three release points on his darts are at different points, and it's exceptional that he can do that. But there's absolutely <laughs> no consistency in it, and it, it leaves you vulnerable. Was he like? Yeah. Was he like in a sort of like opera show or something like that? Then Phil, I'm just getting further answer. and further away as he's letting go of the dart, and it, 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 it just looks uncomfortable. Where, it's the one where he brings it back, 
goes forward. He knows he's released it wrong. He tries to correct it by wiggling his arm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sort of like a like a sort of sort of panto figure at this moment in time. Yeah, uh, but no, no, that's what that's the way it needs to be. Yeah, um, and the other one that yeah, I, I think Ian White, Joe Cullen. I wouldn't say Ian White's a banker to go out, but I think he's one that is in danger as a seed. Just just because Joe Cullen plays better on a stage, although there's no fans, it's still. Yeah. The setup is exactly the same. They're, they're going to be up there higher than everything else. So I think White is in a little bit of danger if Cullen plays well. Last year was a complete... Uh, I don't know what happened, but the 10 nil was completely out of character. We, we all know Cullen's a far better player than that. You look at the year before yeah. when he had a crack at Gary. And I think it'll be slightly embarrassed by that. It won't have a go at that. And we all know the game he's, he's capable of. And, Ability-wise, I don't see much difference in them. It's just a little bit more consistency with Ian White that, that gets him higher in the rankings. Well, I think they've both got problems with their actions. Well, not problems, but there's moving parts. Yeah. Ian White brings his back and it sort of like, it sets in his hand yeah. and Cullen spins it into position. So yeah. whenever, you, whenever there's moving parts of someone's action, if it's not quite on, on yeah. the night, it's going to go all over the place. So and, and they've both got moving parts to their action. So if one's slightly off, it could be a drubbing one mile or the other like we saw last year. Yeah. Well, I am really looking forward to uh, the game here. I, I think Christopher Tyson could be in a bit of trouble if Jermaine turns up because he's due, he's due a run. As any, sports play, as any sportsman can be. Like we talked about Cross last year with the way that he'd started 2019 and before he came into match play saying he was due a run. I really think that Jermaine is due one because he is that talented and he's that good. Um, so I think Christoph could be in a bit of trouble. I agree with you, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, Vincent van der Voort could beat Dave Chisnell. I think Chizzy is in a uh, is in a bit of trouble there. Said that last week. Still would haven't changed my mind on it. And oh, do I say it or do I not? No, no. Do you know what? Sorry, I'm going to say it. The world champion gets beat round one. I'm going to go for it. You're in love with a Portuguese man, aren't you? And it's not Bruno Fernandes. (laughs) I'm falling for a non-bearded man and he is Portuguese and it's not Bruno Fernandes. It's Jose de Sousa. I need to find a song for that, by the way. Uh, The special one is he's now being christened. Um, There's only one Jose that's special. (laughs) And it's not yours at the moment. Uh, Right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll say this though, right? About this game. This game has the potential to go... Tie breaks, last leg, sudden left leg decided if the two of them are on it. The only problem I've got is that Jose doesn't... We haven't really seen him do anything on the TV. That is my only concern. At the World Championships, he's bombed the last couple of years. So I am in a little bit of... I'm a little bit worried about that. But that Sunday session, we could genuinely see all four, four of those five... In fact, we could see all five seeds go in that World Championship, on that Sunday night. I still think Jamie Hughes can beat Mensah Sudovic. Jeffrey Desvang, when he's on it, you know, he's a former match play semi-finalist. Um, so, you know, he's on it as well. Johnny Clayton will want revenge on Michael Smith. And, you know, Gabe Clements is a great player. The German number one, isn't he, Goff? In my opinion, definitely. There's <laughs> one more game that I want to get your opinion on, boys. And obviously, we've touched on it a bit earlier in the fact that Justin Pipe is carrying an injury. But if he's not carrying an injury... Have we seen anybody in the top 16 that reacts as badly to playing a slow player as Gary Anderson? And do you think I'll put him at risk? No. Uh, no. I don't. Although Justin Pike will say he's fit, I don't think you can get over tendonitis that's made you pull out of two events in a week. Yeah, I totally agree. 
I, I, I think that even if he isn't fit, Gary will. St- I know Gary hates playing a slow player, and Justin Pipe can slow the game down just as he wants to, to get Gary even more nuts. But I still think Gary is. I still think Gary's absolutely fine. I think. Do you know what? He, he didn't really have the best of a summer series again, did Gary? But I still think that he's got more natural ability than the majority of the field put together. <laughs> yes, Gary Anderson, if he's on it. Yeah, right, I'll take that. The man's my hero. Do, oh, are you, um, are you, were you basically asking that just for your own security? Thinking that Gary well, might go know. out round one? I'm like, I'm quite concerned about the potential second round of Gary versus James Wade. I really don't know what I'd then do. That's like, What are you going to do at that point? That's like my boys. If that happens, I'm just going to watch from behind the sofa. Who's the winner, God? Darts is the winner. That's all you yeah. need to know at that point. Darts <laughs> is the winner with that game, uh, which, we, which we will talk about a little bit later. Our match play coverage plans in a second. Want to get to the point now where what we'll do is we will talk about who we think is going to come through each section of said draw. Now there is a now there is an absolute worldie here. I think that if Michael Van Gerwen and Gary Anderson both come through their first and second round games and meet in that quarterfinal, holy cheese balls! That could be an unbelievable tie. Um, I don't know who I want to go with first on this one. Who is going to come out of each part of the draw? Because I'll be honest with you, boys. If you can make a prediction about who's coming out, that part of the draw between Peter Wright, Jose de Sousa, and uh, Jose de Sousa, Glenn Durant and Jeffrey Desvan, who's getting through to that, that quarterfinal in particular, I, I will happily listen to you because that part of the draw is a nightmare. So, uh, Phil Bars. Uh, was was, was that a neck stuck out there, Mr. Bars? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he loves I'm the match play. I'm saying Glenn Durham because I think Jose de Souza beats Peter Wright, and then I think I'm not Glenn, alone. I'm not alone. And, and both think, of you have just written, not written off, but both of you have just said the world champion is out in the first round of the match play. Yeah, because I see mental frailties again. The fact he's changed his darts and then changed them mid-tournament. You've and got still assess- smashed in over 100 averages and won it. But exactly. Well, he just won the last trophy before the summer series. The last yes, summer series he's mapped. He's overthinking things again for me. And the fact that his rock in Joe isn't particularly yes. well. Yes, but, but I'm sure we can all agree on this one. Best wishes to Joe. And uh, I yeah. hope that she comes through very, very, um, very swiftly and, and makes yeah, full I, recovery. I, I just, actually, there's a lot of changes in the Peter Wright camp. The glasses, the darts, Joe not being well, and he's got a tough tie. But, so, so then, so, so you're saying he's getting through to a quarter final. Does he get through to a semi final then? Who, Glendoran? Yes. Yes. Daryl Gurney, Ricky Evans, Dave Chisnell, or Vincent van der Voort in that part of the draw. So Glendoran is your one of your semi-finalists. Who are the other three? I can probably guess two of them. So we'll stay in the bottom half of the draw as we've already done that. I'm yeah. going Gavin Price. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I, I, th- I think he beats Noppet. I think he beats Steve Beaton. And then potentially he's got a mouthwatering quarterfinal with Nathan Aspinall potentially, but uh, uh, I think, okay. I, I, I think that, that Gezi gets over the line in that. So I'm going for Glenn Durant, going Price semi-final <laughs> in the bottom half, <laughs> top what half. That would be. I, I, I don't think there's going to be much rocket science from the, the very top quarter of the draw. No, I think I think the world number one breezes to a semi-final. Hmm. I wouldn't well, say breezes. It all depends on it all depends on who he plays in the quarterfinal. 
If he plays think, Gary, I wouldn't say it's a breeze. I'd say he beats him, but I don't think it's a breeze. I think he'd be more worried about James at the minute than Gary. Yeah. I, I, I just James, that, James has got the pedigree at the event. He, he's consistent. He doesn't panic. All right, he fell off a cliff in that game that they played when Wavy was two each and, and disappeared. But I just think Wavy's got the ability to just keep going and going and going. And there's still that little question mark over Gary's action, maybe. And, okay. bottom, and the last one, this might be my heart rolling my head. Michael Smith. Okay. I wouldn't say that's I wouldn't say that's heart ruling head. I'd say that you know, with the way that he's been playing, again, if any sportsman and any darts player is due a run ever in a tournament, he's due a run. There's he no doubt in my here mind. last year. We he made a final, didn't he? Yeah. Last year. And I watched like that semi final back the other day and it was unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going Michael Van Gogh against Michael Smith, one semi final, Glenn Durren against Gowan Price in the other. Well, hold fire on the rest of your picks because we will come on to that and who you think is going to win the match play in just a second. Mr. Garwood, are we going with a similar lineup? I, From your reaction to the fact that we're just basically catapulting the world champion out of action in round one, I'm going to guess the answer is no. I just think this is really, really tough to pick this year. I think you have to look at when players potentially play tougher games and how early and how much that will take out of them. Um, so I think that it has to be Van Gerwen from the top section, but I think Gary and James, if they are the two that come through, will take so much out of each other to get to that Van Gerwen game mm. that that will work against them. I think if they were coming in fresh or even maybe the round before where it's a slightly short format as well, then I think you could say one of them potentially got a crack at him more seriously but you know you have to catch him early I don't see Dolan causing him a trouble I don't see Whitlock or Joyce causing him trouble um, and by that point he's pretty difficult to stop even by players of, of James Wade and Gary Anderson's calibre um, the next section where do you start with the next section it's, it's a lottery it's yeah, the problem with lottery. this section is absolutely anybody in, the, in those four matches can beat anybody in the first round and that's why picking someone from this is, is so difficult. I mean, Cross is capable of, of winning this event with his B game. We've seen that before. Clemens is more than capable of stopping him first round. Um, but is he capable of winning his B, winning his B game if the world number one is still in it? No. That's what we'd have to find out. Probably not. Yes. Yes. Def- well, there's uh, no probably about it. Definitely not. Rob Cross's B game does not beat Michael Van Gerwen. Yes. Uh, Again, I, mean, I think the problem with this part of the draw as well is... The winner of Cross Clemens plays the Tyski Watermaker. They're gonna have that tough games early, early on, and that, that will eventually take it out of you towards the back end. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my man. I'm gonna say the Polish Eagle comes through this section. I just think what, including, Michael, of, including yeah. Michael Smith, Johnny Clayton, Mensor, and Jamie Hughes. Yeah, I just think the lack of a big, big crowd means that Christoph's got a real chance. To, he, he won't get caught up in any fairy. I don't think there's anybody there that's going to, unless Mentor is his quarterfinal opponent, I don't think there's anybody there that's going to try and play any sort of mind games with Ritarski. All those players in that entire section will just get on with the game. And I think that will suit him. He won't have to take on what he did for that go in prize final, perhaps, last year. Um, next section, I don't think it'll be 
Gurney, Evans, Chisnell, or Van der Voort, I think they'll, they'll scrap with each other. But I just I just see the calibre of, of Wright, D'Souza, or Durant much higher than those. I, I'm going to back Peter Wright, though. I just think he's class. Um, winning the World Championships last year just seemed to switch something on for him. Um, and I think that he's he's learned to win whilst playing badly. Which, not to say that he couldn't before, but he's learned to win high-profile games now while playing badly and getting away with a few things. So I think that one's Peter Wright. And the bottom section is an absolute coin toss between Gerwin Price and Nathan Aspinall. That will 100% be the, the, the quarterfinal to watch for me. Um, but I think Gezi showed over... What are you grinning at? I can see that. I think Gezi showed I'll over... Tell you, I'll tell you in a second, mate. I will tell you in a second. I think Gezi showed through the summer series that he's capable of firing in an absolute massive average and showing how good his top-level game is. And he failed to back it up on so many occasions that I think Aspinall will pip him. Ooh, that is an interesting Unless one. The whopper of the average is against Aspinall. Yeah. But yes. I, he's, been, he's been putting that average in early, so we've got two games to do it. I think he... Knopfett's played steady on TV for the last 18 months, but I think it'll, it'll fire in the big average when it doesn't matter. It'll go and tear Adrian Lewis or Steve Beaton apart, and then it'll struggle when, when the game is, is massive. I, I don't think we saw Gezi, apart from the Devon Peterson game, I don't think we really see him tested massively where it was tight all the way. But if Enough, he's playing once a day, like he doesn't... Yeah, but if he's playing once a day rather than consecutive games, like surely that will help him out. Possibly, but he's he's already spoken to the media about the lack of a crowd and how that will affect him as well. So yeah, you know, I, I think the fact he's already talking about that means it's a concern to him and he's not really sure and that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm going Aspinall in that. So I'm going Van Gerwen, uh, Ratajski, Wright, and Aspinall. Jimmy Vandenberg beats Nathan Aspinall first round. Behave. That's my, that's my heart rolling in my head. Definitely not going to happen. Uh, that was what I was grinning at, to be fair. I was going to see what, if, I could bite, if I could get you a bite out of that, but it wasn't going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, I'm going to go similar. I think, obviously, going price against Nathan Aspinall is the quarterfinal that we're all looking forward to. I, I, I can't see how that doesn't happen, to being brutally honest. Um, I just can't back against Gezi at this moment in time. Like it is, it is toss the coin, but I can't back against Gezi at the moment because he is playing some unbelievable stuff. Certainly before lockdown, he probably should have been a UK Open champion, uh, and he probably should have, you know, made made a world final had he not, you know, had he not had a bit of a problem in the in the semi final. So he's probably the blame. I mean, equal wasn't great though. Again, he was finding ways to to not win matches. Going draw price is probably should have been the nickname. He was finding ways to not win matches, and I just think that. You can't pick up a yeah, point here. You could lose a match here. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not debating that Nathan Aspinall hasn't got the game to beat him. Like, yeah. let's not get it wrong. But Nathan Aspinall didn't do well last year in the match play. And that was against Mervyn King, who made the quarterfinal. So that's not, that's not busy hasty on yeah, young yeah. Nathan Aspinall. As young Nathan Aspinall. <laughs> uh, even though the fact that he's nearly 13, the same age as Michael Van Gogh, and he's not young. Uh, right. This next part of the draw, I'm going to go with Gezi, and I think he plays. <laughs> I think he plays the only non-seeded player to make the semi-final. Do you want to go... emigrate to Portugal or what? Like, yes. Just go and yes, find the man. He's in Spain, yes, but I go do. to Portugal and just create a fan club or something. 
<laughs> I will. I will happily. If anybody, by the way, is watching this and wants to create a Jose de Sousa fan club, tweet me right now because I will happily join that. Or listening, by the way, whatever platform you're consuming is on. Tell me that you want to create a Jose de Sousa fan club and I will be there with the chance right now. Um, look, I, I don't get me wrong. He's, he's going to earn it. If he gets through, he's going to earn it. <laughs> he's going to bloody have earned it. Let's not take the mick here. But because it's not a TV game per se, I'm, I, I've just got a funny feeling that Jose de Sousa is going to really start playing some unbelievable darts. And it's going to take it's going to take an effort because, you know, he's got to go through to the world champ. He'll then probably have to go through Glenn Durant or Jeffrey Desvan, who is a former semi-finalist at the match play, both in former semi-finalists. In the quarterfinals, he had to take on Daryl Gurney, who's a, who's a major champion. Ricky Evans, good player on his day. Dave Sizzler, who's made finals all over the shop. And Vincent van der Voort, who on his day can be brilliant. So... He's going to have earned it, but Jose de Sousa takes on going price in the semi-final. In the other semi-final, uh, Michael Van Gerwen gets through the top half of the draw. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen is playing unbelievable stuff at this moment in time. I think he's getting back to somewhere near his best. And if he is, good luck everybody else. No, all three of us have called that now. We're going to be sat here on Saturday. First round. Go yeah. in. What on earth has gone on how there? Did Brent, how did Brendan <laughs> Dolan beat him first round? That is just how it works. It worked like that on the old show. It works like that on the new show. Um, who does he play, though? This is a big question. It's a horrid section of the draw. It is. I, I, this is an absolutely wide open section of the draw. It's either... It's the winner of it's the winner of that third match in that draw for me, and I think it will be Buddy Boy. I was tempted to call the ferret and say he was going to have a bit of a run like he did at the UK Open, but I will go with Buddy Boy. So I will I will join Mr. Bars in calling a Michael Van Gerwen Michael Smith semi final, and I will go with Jose de Sousa against Gerwin Price in the other semi final. So we come to that point in the show, gentlemen, where we built this up for long enough. We managed to make it nearly last an hour. What a, what a great work we've done here. Who is going to be the only champion, so far anyway, in Milton Kings? Who is going to be the most unique Betfred World match play champion of the lot in front of no crowd in the Marshall Arena and not constant sweating every night, probably, in the, in, in the, in the great Empress Ballroom? I will start with you, Gob. Who do you think is winning that 2020 Betfred World match play? I mean, the fact we've put him in the semi-final means it's only one man. If you don't stop him early enough, the rest of the field are more than capable and all right, Peter Wright beat him in the World Final, but if you don't stop him early enough, he wins. Uh, so you're talking, about you you're talking about uh, Michael Smith, right? Michael Van Gerwen. <laughs> it's a boring pick. I'm Phil's going to do exactly the same. I mean, I'd love to see it be Steve Beaton of all people and we get it completely wrong. Um, but yeah, I think this is the first one back. It's the statement tournament from the best player in the world who is now comfortable with his setup and has the entire world watching him, not just the streams for the summer series. If he turns it on, he, he picks up the title. Let me guess, Phil, you are going to go something completely different. I'm going to go for MBG. No, I, I, I just saw signs at the Summer Series that he's almost getting to unplayable stage again when he's on. Mm. Mm. Where he was, he was for the last 18 months, he's been good. But the UK Open, the Summer Series, we're getting to unplayable stage again for me. And, and when he goes to that place, 
there isn't one person in that field that can beat him. Yeah. And that, I'm not being disrespectful because they're all fabulous star players. But when Michael Van Gerwen goes to that place, he's unbeatable. There's and, levels. There's levels to the game, isn't there? There's levels, and, and there's MVG levels. Correct, uh, and that's why I totally agree with the pair of you. Um, no disrespect to Brandon Donenstein, like or Ryan Joyce, but they do not have the game to beat MVG in the first or second round. Okay. And that's where, and that's where you have to take him out. The reason why he has done, the reason why he hasn't won the match play or hasn't gone on to win match plays for the last couple of years. Okay, Phil Taylor against Michael Van Gerwen in that quarterfinal. 2017, we will gloss over because that is a game where I remember being in that one. That was the day I made my debut pilgrimage to Blackpool to watch Phil Taylor against Michael Van Gerwen. And I can honestly say that I've never, ever heard a darts arena like it. I know Germany. I know uh, we've talked about German crowds for the Dutch, but I have never, ever heard a room that intimidating against the world number one. That was, was that the time where Phil Taylor upset stomach and missed Vegas? That's the one, yes, absolutely. <laughs> 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 we will definitely go fishing on that one. Um, the reason that, that aside, last year, uh, last couple of years, he went out to Jeffrey Dizwan in round one. I mean, to be fair, we didn't see that one coming, let's be fair. I know he'd beat him in the UK Open that year before, a few months before, but that was, again, in the snow arena. And then he goes and loses to Glenn Durrant in arguably the game of the tournament. I think um, that second round game, one of them maybe maybe second to first. I don't know, but I can't see how he doesn't get through to a quarter final. And once he gets through to that sixteen seventeen leg, when he can go off for a few legs if he wishes to, and then just come back and blitz it ten nil at one stage if he feels like it. I can't see how he doesn't win, and I appreciate that is a very boring pick and a very boring way to end this live round, boys. But if anybody has got something different, I will be more than happy to listen to it and tell Links them they're below wrong. are available. Absolutely. Put them in the comments right now. And I'll tell you what we'll do. On that first match play daily that we're going to do, which we'll come on to in a second, actually, our coverage plans for the match play, because obviously it's a bit different this year. We normally would all three of us be in Blackpool. We normally all three of us be in our studio in Blackpool that we're going to sit there. We'd be setting up, but unfortunately, social distancing means that we can't do that. Um, but So we will come on to the Black, uh, Blackpool coverage in a second. Um, but if anybody in the comments below or tweet us or Facebook us or Instagram us, if you believe that anybody's going to be better than uh, do better than MVG and win the tournament, we would love to hear you, but you're going to be wrong. Sorry. Um, right. So, Phil, obviously you're going to be our man on the ground in uh, in Blackpool slash Milton King. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be different, isn't it? It's going to be one hell of an experience for you being in the bubble. Yes. Going into the bubble. Um, got to be at Milton Keynes on Friday to be COVID tested, packed off to my room until I get the little slip under the door by the look of it to say negative or you never know, I might be unlucky and, and fail. I, I touch wood, I don't think so. I've got no symptoms or anything like that, but you never know. Um, and yeah, then working within, within the bubble, excited. It will be different, but just the fact that we get to bring you live content from the venues again is huge um it's not cheap either no um, it's definitely but, not cheap <laughs> no um but for the for the, the sake of the channel it's something that we have to sacrifice and yeah living in a bubble for nine days has to be done but excited looking forward to it 
hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be able to get down there for the final weekend at least and be down there for you for the semi-finals or finals. But we'll hopefully have a, have a conversation with the PDC and hopefully we'll be allowed in there. Um, but either way, though, Gob, you and I are going to be there every single day coming to uh, our viewers and our listeners. Of course, so if you're listening on the podcast, we'll be with you there on the podcast as well. Um, with the Match Play Daily, it's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait. Similar to, to what we did uh, a couple of years back with our former show. Uh, just a quick short burst roundup of the games, uh, of what we've seen on that day, any any big stories and where we see the following day going perhaps after that as well. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, it's great to just have a big tournament back and I can't wait to see what we can produce as a, as a team over the next over the, the 10 days almost. Absolutely. And so what we'll be doing is we'll have the match play daily for you every single day, viewer or slash listener. I can't I have to say I can't have to say listener now. I still have to say listener because that's that's my world of podcasts, unfortunately. Uh, but obviously we'll have the match play daily for you every single day uh, of dropping on the following morning of the show. Uh, of, the, of the action. We'll also have the interviews that Phil will be doing for us live in the uh, bubble for us. And then we'll get to the PBT is what I'm calling it. The Phil Bars take. He'll be joining us uh, every day of the match play to uh, have our discussions and to be part of our team. We are really excited for it here at Online Darts. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. If you're watching this right now, uh, that's where all the interviews will be with Phil from the bubble in Milton Keynes. We're also going to be uh, live blogging every single day at the match play. Join us over at onlinedarts.com to be part of that as well. And also view our roundup of the day. And as I say, download your uh, podcast from your favourite podcast provider. If you can't watch the show all the way through, uh, you can download it right now. It's called The Lounge. It's available on all good platform providers and that you will be able to download. Subscribe to it. Make sure you don't miss a single moment of the match play daily. Phil Bars, Jack Gobber, Garwood, thank you so much, gents, for talking to us. Still. Have a fantastic time in the bubble. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 